Geek Card presents Back Issue Bloodbath with your hosts, Andrew Young and Petula Neal. In 2021, Tom Taylor proved that it isn't that hard to write a good Nightwing story. All you gotta do is use your head and your heart. You do that by bashing Nightwing's head and removing a whole lot of hearts. Welcome to Back Issue Bloodbath. I'm Andrew Young. I'm Petula Neal. And this week we are looking at Nightwing Leaping Into the Light, the first story arc written by Tom Taylor with art by Bruno Redondo. And uh, this is issue 78 to 83 of Nightwing, and it was a much-needed story for the former Boy Wonder. A little bit of backstory getting into it is that before Tom Taylor came on the book, there was some terrible Nightwing stories being told. Nightwing had gotten shot in the head, forgot that he was Dick Grayson, became Rick Grayson, started driving a cab, which he was living out of, and refused to be the good guy. Meanwhile, a group of, I think probably five, the last five clean cops in Bloodhaven, found a bunch of Nightwing suits that miraculously fit them all, even though they were different sizes, and they took to the streets to try to clean things up. Slowly, Rick Grayson was convinced to come back to superheroing ways, and eventually his memory came back, but there was a hell of a lot of terrible stories told in the meantime. Thankfully, Tom Taylor came in and gave Nightwing fans what they wanted. Nightwing. It's that simple. (laughs) Yeah. Arguably Bruce's only success story. Or really, Alfred's best success story as foster parent like if you look at bruce as the trial run where alfred's like okay some kinks to work out dick is the actual first properly raised child of the wayne mansion orphanage for uh adult superheroes uh that lose their parents uh tragically and end up fighting crime yeah 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 and so yeah it's actually alfred is the catalyst of this whole story Unfortunately, by his demise in other Batman books, in his passing, he left a tidy sum of money to Dick Grayson. And he Grayson is now a billionaire because Alfred was one of the best paid butlers in the world. And he spent his money on nothing because he this, lived this in premise, Wayne Manor. <laughs> listener, if you've ever watched the movie Sabrina, I don't remember if the original had the exact same premise, but definitely... The sequel leaned into the the chauffeur who lives above the garage, who just like invested wisely and didn't have to, you know, pay rent anywhere and, you know, listen to the boss when they were in the front seat of the car, invested when they invested and sold when they sold. Technically insider trading. <laughs> and then, you know, had millions of dollars for their daughter when they decided that Linus Larrabee uh, was a bit of a jerk and they wanted to run back to Paris. All that to say, I don't know about you, but if I got to north of like a mill, much less a bill, I don't care how much Master Bruce is like jacked up in his like parade of orphan children might need you. I wouldn't keep working full time. Like I'd stay in their <laughs> lives, but I would like Dick asked the best question. Like, how was this man making me breakfast? And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> tying my shoes. Tying my and shoes. He was a billionaire. Andre, yeah, yeah, no, totally. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he was a billionaire. 
They left it to Dick. And to me, you can parent the children and hire other help, Alfred. <laughs> you can, you can. Yeah. Yes. He just, he just really loved his job. He loved yeah. his purpose in life. And or he knew that Bruce was so like poorly adjusted that if Bruce, if he left the job as the help, if Bruce couldn't treat him like the help, he wouldn't have kept him around. And that's probably why Alfred didn't quit because he knew if he left and just said, Hey, how about I just, you know, we do shared custody. You have the kids at night. I have the day, you know, and we can do like chair birthdays and holidays. Bruce would have been like, no, you're either the help or you're out. Jeez. So there we go. That That's what it was. Yeah. Bruce I feel like they didn't him have... with a family. That's yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Alfred knew that his beta had some issues still that he unfortunately was not able to resolve before adulthood and knew the only way to stay in the kids' lives was to keep cooking breakfast and wearing that apron there you go tough hang for my guy i mean i'm you know there's worse gigs i assume than working in stately wayne manor i'm just saying like a billion dollars yeah like and i just like it it seems like it was like a scotch more than that because he literally by the end of the book is the richest man in bloodhaven yeah pretty at least with reported income i imagine some of the criminals have a stack yeah yeah i would think so i think blockbuster probably has cracked a billion by now with all of his endeavors Although his laundry budget, considering like going for all white when you literally are cracking people's skulls with your bare hands, like, and his not an off the rack body type. This man is probably getting his suits bespoke. Mm -hmm. And then like for funsies on any given week, he's probably squishing what, at least one, two skulls. That's just two suits straight in the garbage. So yeah. And I think his his wardrobe expenses are probably really cutting into. No, see, I think he has that much money. The yeah. crime has been crime has really paid for him. Yeah, he really doesn't is. care that he doesn't yeah. care. He's he's a one and done guy. It's like, well, they've already seen me wear this white suit. I have to buy another white suit anyways. Oh, but um, Tom Taylor really like threw down the gauntlet here by showing we're not the same book as the last Nightwing story, but by not only bringing Dick Grayson back to being the character we like, but also making him a billionaire. So it goes from dude sleeping in his car. To billionaire. It's like, it was very much a statement of like, we're not going to tell the stories the last uh, Nightwing series did. We're going to start telling some new stories where he doesn't have to worry about money so we can focus on him trying to clean up the streets to try to be, you know, the pillar of community. Like it's even touched upon in this is that Nightwing, you know, goes to Superman for some advice about the, uh, the charity he wants to set up in Alfred's honor. And it's kind of when you look at that, you realize, yeah, yeah, no, the best writing of Nightwing is somebody that learned the teachings of Batman on the streets, but looked to a guy like Superman for his core values and kind of put them together, making him, you know, probably the people's champion, you know, to be like the, the hero that you can not only look up to, but also... You know, you wouldn't mind running into him and having a slice of pizza with him, which a lot of people did in the first issue. It was so nice to open up this book and to read this type of Dick Grayson again and to also have Barbara Gordon there and have their forever relationship, no matter what it is, friend, more than friends, true love, all that stuff, you know, always switching between those three facets to have that written in there. You know, we've said it on this show. You add a dog into the story for a superhero. It somehow works so easily that it's like adds another layer of, uh, you know, responsibility and heroics. I mean, him being in the semi empty apartment building that he owns, but also like finds a dog. Like it does drift into like, am I reading math fraction Hawkeye? Yeah. (laughs) 
Yeah. And, and then the like it was pizza and then a dog. And like it was The pizza and it, the dog were connected this time, but they were both there. Yeah. Yeah. It it's but they danced away from it, but it, there's some obvious even that it's a kind of cleaner suit design. So basically, people who like Matt Faction, David Aha. <laughs> Okay. We'll also like this. There's a lot of similar kind of like uh, bringing to the street that like people know, not a lot of people, but more people than let's say know about Batman sort of know about both of his identities, but also from the kind of prequel moment that we get with little him and little Babs. He's the kind of person who will step up to help someone, whether he's in or out of costume. Like, so that kind of energy that we see as well in the Hawkeye, like it's, it's great in this book as well. I love the look of the costume and not just because, you know, thirsty old lady internet. All you need to do is just go Google uh, Nightwing's butt and have a great time. Um, this one, it's not as, I mean, there's, there's good butt angles, but I'm going to say love the thigh work. Love the way they take, uh, use the different angles on the suit with the sort of clean, uh, in the, the notes in the back of the hardcover, uh, collection. You see them talk about how we want the blue as flat as possible, but sort of like just really helps kind of fill out the shoulders. Mm. But it's still like a practical look for street fighting because he's often bloodied. So you only have like that one bit of blue around the chest. You're not getting like the, the old school circus look with like the deep V. Love a plunging V. But that's like a red carpet look. That's not a fighting crime look. (laughs) So this just this outfit makes more sense, really shows off the thighs, looks great with his, you know, mask that Oracle Babs brings for him to try out. Like, it's just it's a good, clean fit. Dick's been keeping it tight. And it's great when you see him later on with a Robin because sort of the let's call uh, a bird a bird the the garishness of that costume it is it's a nice like kind of rest for your eyes in the panels where they're fighting together mm. versus if you had like a night wing with a robin look like the circus night wing look it's too much but this is great they would line up their bodies a lot too so you'd have like the gentle slope of the blue on this costume offset with like the everything robin's doing it was just visually also one of the best treatments I've seen they really just sort of cleaned it up like what do we need to like recognize him in every panel like what makes him uh as Ty would say on ANTM pull focus and make it about him but also allow others to have some space to navigate right right yeah actually well the the smoothness of the art throughout this entire thing Bruno Redondo makes it very easy to fall in love with Bloodhaven like it's just it's the it's it's an underdog town. It's a town that's had the crap kicked out of it, but unlike Gotham, shows its scars as opposed to, you know, kind of revels in the darkness as Gotham does. This is more like a, this is your suburb that's seen rough times where they close the mill down sort of thing, you know? There's and, a whole tent city of, like, orphan children. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oliver Twist without the Fagin. Like, they're just out in the streets, and people are like, oh, yes, that's the tent city where the children whose parents have been like, you know, dehearted. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And hold, yeah. if you will. Yeah. Hold totally. <laughs> now, the other thing that Taylor leans back into in this is blockbuster being Nightwing's arch nemesis fight for the city to the end. Very daredevil and kingpin type vibes between the two of them, Dare. which is what back in the late nineties when Nightwing was, you know, one of the, the big new series 
that was what brought me back each week was that it had like a daredevil kingpin count and mouse game with nightwing and blockbuster and mm. it's back here and even more so because there's a new mayor instated who has ties to dick grayson that mayor is possibly the daughter of a mobster that is known in the grayson family world uh, zuko who of course killed the flying graysons and orphaned dick grayson this is his kin but is she his kin again this is back at the beginning of the story so i don't know if there's been changes or not so i'm not going to get into it because <laughs> who knows you never know with these types of stories what's the truth and what's a lie right so yeah and so there is the possibility that there's another connection between dick and melinda zuko who is now the mayor of bloodhaven who she says she is working angles and is working the mobsters off each other while they think she works for them. But then on top of this, you've got, you've got a rogue player in the mix here. You've got uh, out on the streets, there is Heartless, the uh, serial killer who takes people's hearts and is preying on the homeless because, well, that's, you know, if you think about it, all the way back to like Jack the Ripper and stuff, it's like prey on the people that nobody cares about so you can do it as long as you want. Yeah, I think the cow's done, gun, hole maker, human hole punch from No Country for Old Men, but lower it to the chest and make the circle a lot bigger. It's a very abrupt and violent weapon. Yeah. And again, the kind of visual, you're getting a real kind of make a hole for, fill it with an arc reactor kind of. <laughs> I know I read a lot of Marvel stuff, but when we got to the uh, blockbuster stuff and you've got, you know, Babs and him flirting and, all that. I'm like, well, of course, Andrew likes this. It's like, <laughs> it's like F boy Matt, but like holding hands, boy Dick. Like, this is, yeah, this is, this is happy daredevil. That's yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Much more like slightly more well adjusted daredevil and much more well adjusted Electra kind of relationship. Yeah. And they've both been through some things and were also both influenced by the same kind of environment and taught a lot of their skills by the same person and, you know, didn't have great results entirely and also are slightly estranged from their former mentor. However, they still get along with them, each other. They're still on the family group chat. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, it's giving a real like step siblings that are like into each other kind of <laughs> like, is it OK? I don't know. We're we're back in Westeros. So no, note our, to self. <laughs> see if Petula will stop watching stepbrother porn. Uh, <laughs> that's what it sounded like to me. I mean, sound like I, was Game of Thrones. Say, I, I was blaming Westeros <laughs> and Star Wars, sir. But sure. Yeah. Yeah. I still wonder what it's like when parents are showing their kids the Star Wars movies for the first time and they watch if they start with four and then have to explain Luke and Leia. I just, I mean, I don't know. I don't anyway, know. I got it when is, I was a kid. I watched the first one and went, oh, okay, they're into each other. And then I watched when it was revealed. I was like, oh, okay, well, that's not going to happen anymore. Yeah. It's simpler than you think to get it. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe kids don't get as get enough yeah. credit. Yeah. Yeah. It's fine. It's fine. This is fine. Anyway, the relationships are reminiscent of the most functional elements of the Wayne family of foster crime fighting children. Like the way he refers to the other um, sidekicks as his brothers, like we're getting rid of all of the, the drama and the competition and the sort of unhealthy bits that, you know, when Bruce would get upset, when one grew up enough to like talk back to him and unfortunately 
too, the zeitgeist. Leo DiCaprio is very much top of mind right now. It's like they hit 25 and they're out and you need a new Robin. So <laughs> it's it's not that bad, but it was sort of there's different runs where you get that sort of feeling of I've gotten too old mm. and I have my own opinions now or I've, you know, grown up wrong and gone a little bit. Uh, yeah. This isn't that. This is very much like this is sort of almost like a prep school of nighttime crime fighting and we all go through it and we're all still close and we're all still friends and family and it's a much healthier dynamic and uh, the possibly the sweetest moment i've ever seen between bruce and any robin uh that isn't inspired by like you know severe tragedy or violence that phone call is like listener i was in bits this was this was a beautiful story it's like oh you you do kind of have a weird functional family there bruce like there's times when i thought never let this man near another child again yeah well but... he has a no, that's the thing he has a functional family but it's not thanks to him no it's, <laughs> it's thanks, thanks to, alfred. to alfred yeah exactly yeah. Yeah. oh man now as i mentioned you know the story before this dick grayson was shot in the head became a literal dick and uh had some terrible stories. Taylor doesn't shy away from those stories. He throws in a few jokes about it. You know, it's like when uh, he catch, he gets the dog, saves the dog. He says, you want to be careful. You don't want to hit the dog t- too many times in the head to those bullies. He goes, because then, you know, it'll lose its memory and start driving a cab. And it's like, oh, yeah, that's fun. That's funny. But what I really liked is he made a point to bring up the fact that he had been shot in the head a few times in the story to add more dramatic tension to every time this motherfucker gets a concussion in this story. Like Nightwing gets knocked silly specifically about the skull throughout three or four issues. And each time the reader is going, oh, crap, what's going to happen now? Because... Oh, yeah, no, this is some real Eric Lindo's stuff right here. <laughs> yeah. Like I, By the second time he's crawling in the window, it's like, what happened? <laughs> and they're like, oh, sweetie, no, you need to take a break. Like, we need to get you a helmet, maybe integrate yeah. that into the costume. But then we wouldn't see that beautiful hair. Yeah. yeah, I thought it was funny, the whole, I thought I'd sleep longer. You want to sleep for two days. What? That was like, yeah, yeah, you, you need to. You need to take care of yourself here, buddy. You're not Superman, you know. Yeah. You know what else is swole besides those thighs? His brain. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's a brain bleed happening on right now, and it's not yeah. good. That added tension to the story of he keeps getting hit in the head is sort of like, ooh, that's that's not good. And then, you know, he's going to end up going up against a guy that cuts out people's hearts. That's not good either, you know? <laughs> yeah. First, he's going to go hand-to-hand with an enormous person that likes to crushed skulls and yeah, whose then, fists are the size of his head yeah yes yeah and listener don't drink and drive uh don't drive after some sort of you know medical event or head injury you know when else you shouldn't drive i don't know after you know you're just recovering from being shot in the head regaining your identity and having been knocked about the skull a few times but luckily for us he's not stealing the batmobile or driving a cycle oh no just does a little grace and move through the air and just rides a helicopter home. We don't see him land this helicopter. <laughs> yeah, and again, he arrives home like, what happened? Like, I. It, uh, yeah. 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 Baby, I also, I also we like need to the, take you down to a G1 license. <laughs> I also like the added touch that when he broke into Zuko's house and he got knocked out again. So that was concussion, I think, number three. When he wakes up, he contacts 
uh, Babs right away and is like, abort mission. Yeah. Because And it's just to see that all the different people that were already on their way, like the entire Titans were going to bust down Zuko's door and uh, save Nightwing. It's... Uh, it's a great I always like that because it's like I like it when people are as jokes and movies and stuff that it's like you know it's like no stand down and there's like this huge army of guys it's like it was it was a nice touch yeah yeah it was great and in Donna like sort of the last to slow down kind of like are you sure okay all right yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> this was the type of story I've been waiting for with Nightwing it'd been a long time since we had a story like this you know builds up the Dick Grayson character just as much as the Nightwing character. Uh, because that's the thing, like, it's, again, to not make parallels with Daredevil too many times, but Mark Wade tried to do a story where Daredevil made it that Matt Murdock was just as important as Daredevil, and he became, he, ran, he was running for, I think, mayor of San Francisco and all this sort of crap, and it just didn't work with Daredevil. With Dick Grayson, it does. The idea that he's becoming a champion of Bloodhaven with his charities and everything like that while being Nightwing on the streets at night, that works because Dick Grayson has the personality of what you'd want for a politician if politicians weren't crooked, you know? And also the personality you'd want behind an actual altruistic not-for-profit. Like, he doesn't just go to Superman. He goes to Leslie. Like, he, he goes to people who have expertise in kind of local and global outreach and humanitarian work before he announces his big plan. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like he has like good ideas, but like, let me consult with my entire network to come up with a way to frame this the most logically and like even announces that it's going to be sort of self-sustaining and all of the thought and planning that went into it like it shows and it shows the other people in his life that have influenced him that he has still kept in his life because he has functional relationships. But yeah, for you, it's more daredevil -y. For me, it's only like a couple of bits. It, it's very on that uh, Hawkeye tip. Like this set mm -hmm. of pages here where you even have the little, it's almost like a diagram of like breaking into the window. Yeah, yeah. And the like bandages in the bed. It is just... But it's not like that in that the art style is more what you would expect from like a Nightwing, Batman, whatever. Like we're leaning hard into like the it's beautiful hair, it's beautiful cheekbones, there's always a bit of a furrow on the brow, and we're getting muscles, we're getting acrobatics in the air, we're getting like beautiful nightscapes. You're getting more detail than you would get in that kind of uh, more uh, cartoon panel look from the aha stuff but it's giving a similar kind of we are just telling each part of this story with like a different part of the body or a different diagram or we just see the dog or we just see this and i like that breakdown it's very clean and then in the panels where you get like a full body shot you get that full body shot like he's looking good yeah well see the way i see when i look at it it's like in the the action sequences they're very complex layouts but in the regular sequences, and when it comes to the actual characters, he uses a very simple design in the faces. But they like there's still expression, but it's there's it's not as busy as some artists are with you know line work and things like that. And so it's a nice contract. It's kind of like very simplistic looking figures doing very complex things, which I think is a really cool juxtaposition in the artwork, in my opinion. I will say that. Uh, I think Babs had the right call. He was a billionaire. 
You should get four slices instead of two slices. Yeah. yeah. Splurge a little, you know? Yeah. Like, you, you got a high metabolism. You got to work it off. Also, I like that we acknowledge the fact that his dad probably was a smoke show, too. Like, yeah. he he wasn't just swinging from the bars. He was lying some pipe, maybe, there you, allegedly. There you go. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Trapeze artists, they got to be like, they, their core's yeah, got to be shredded, so right? Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Oh, my God. So definitely check out Nightwing Leaping Into the Light. Let us know if you have been reading it, uh, what you've been thinking of the rest of Tom Taylor's run as well. Uh, this brings us to the end of another episode of Back to Bloodbath Petula. Let them know where they can find you. At inatif.com, on Twitter at obesacantawit, O-B-E-S-A-C-A-N-T-A-V-I-T, and here with you. And of course, you can find everything I do over at geekhardshow.com. Follow me on Twitter at geekhard. Follow this very show on Facebook at Back Issue Bloodbath, where we post the new episode every week. But the easiest way to make sure that you don't miss an episode is to subscribe on your podcasting platform of choice. That way, you'll always be up to date, and we will continue to be comic buddies. This has been Back Issue Bloodbath. I've been Andrew Young. I've been Petula Neal. Have yourself a good... 